whether it was serving customers in retail, volunteer work, or in government banking, there was always this opportunity to understand the needs of the community and bring that back into the firm to really figure out what are the right solutions. Welcome to the Women on the Move podcast. I'm your host, Sam Saperstein. In this episode, I'm speaking with my colleague, Deirdre Porsche, Head of Community and Business Development at JPMorgan Chase. Deirdre is a true advocate for empowering local communities and helping individuals build financial security and wealth. Her team has spearheaded important work in our new community centers around the U.S., and her passion for this work is infectious. I hope you enjoy the conversation. Deidre, it's so great to have you on the Women on the Move podcast. Welcome. Thank you. It's so good to be here. We have worked together for quite a long time, so I'm looking forward to this discussion and to letting our listeners know what it is that you do since you're in such an important role. But before we get to what you currently do, let's talk about your very long career at JPMorgan Chase, 30 years with JPMorgan Chase. Tell us about this journey and the things that you have done, because I can't imagine you have sat still anywhere along the way. It's hard to believe it's almost 30 years that I've been here. I'm a little bit of a unicorn in that built my whole career at the same firm, but it has been so much fun. So I like to tell folks I've had about 10 jobs and three different business lines. And so clearly I have had a number of amazing experiences. I started my career in a officer development program in Houston, Texas, in our retail bank. And I did about every job there was to do in retail banking and really enjoyed working with customers. I think that's where I found my love for engaging and working with customers and communities. Then moved into the commercial bank, which was a really interesting move for me, having been in retail for almost 14 years. It was a wonderful opportunity for me to learn something completely new. I worked with our government banking team and ran our Houston market government team and got a chance to see what it was like to work with a department that serves ultimately our citizens, our population. And to be able to do that from a banking perspective was really interesting. I then moved across the country to California and helped build out the bank here in California. I'd always worked in a really mature market where we were an institution, we were really well known. And so to go to a place where no one knew who we were, that was different. Folks would ask, so Chase, like the credit card Chase? No, like the really big bank in New York. It's been a wonderful journey. I've always enjoyed staying close to customers and working with our field teams and representing the bank in our communities. And so it's been a really enjoyable journey and I'm still having fun. I still love everything I get to do every day. Well, that's what it's all about. So you're very fortunate on that front. When you started your career, did you imagine doing some of these jobs or ending up where you are now? Not in a million years, Sam. I had no idea how much our work would progress in working with communities and doing the work I get to do today. At the time when I started in banking, 
my personal opinion, things were pretty straightforward. You went to your local branch, you worked with your local team. Fast forward to today, and there's just a myriad complexities that customers are dealing with. There's the macroeconomic environment, local challenges that customers and our banking teams face. We have organized ourselves as a firm to focus on being the bank for all and really understanding the different and complex needs of all of our customers. I never imagined we would be organized like we are today. I'm just proud to work here and get a chance to serve. And certainly the responsibilities of all of our bankers have evolved over the years. But again, I just couldn't be more proud to work for Chase and do this work. You talked about always being close to customers and really enjoying that. I think community has become its own stakeholder, a different stakeholder that we all support. So can you talk about what community has meant to you throughout your career and how you now feel like you're serving community even as you serve individual customers? Interestingly, I found a passion for serving communities very early on in my career. It began with this desire to be engaged both in the public in our community, but also within the firm and my colleagues. We did a lot of volunteer work earlier in my career in banking and had the opportunity to work with organizations like Habitat for Humanity and the United Way and and get a chance to get out in the community and volunteer alongside my peers It was a great way to get to know folks in other business lines and have an opportunity to learn a little bit more about what they do. That developed into a true passion for understanding the needs of those we were seeking to serve. And it developed into sort of this extra job, if you will, my second job from every line of business I was in, there was an opportunity for me to work on behalf of the firm, in the community, and represent the work that we were seeking to do, whether it was serving customers in retail, volunteer work, or in government banking. There was always this opportunity to understand the needs of the community and bring that back into the firm to really figure out what are the right solutions. I often say we do this work together, and that means each of us has a role to play in serving communities in the best way. It takes private sector, it takes our public sector, and it takes our not-for-profits and our local stakeholders to really be that three-leg stool to make communities really thrive. And I've had the privilege and opportunity to do that in all the businesses that I've worked in. Well, so now you're the head of community and business development at Chase. This is actually your job, your full-time job. It doesn't have to be your side job. And I think you and I have that in common, which is I'm heading women on the move and it's a similar role. I get to do this. I have the privilege of doing this full time. I don't think either of our roles existed more than 10 years ago or so, certainly not when we started. So it's a really nice evolution to see our bank making this commitment and investment with full time teams and resources to go with that. So I would love to know what is your mission as you head this group? What does it do and how do you measure success? Yeah, great question. We are a collective team of leaders that have the opportunity to go into communities, build trust, to work to improve financial health so that we can put people on a path to building legacy wealth for their families. And we do that through providing information in the form of financial health workshops and programming 
but also building hyper-local relationships with stakeholders, being the face of Chase in these communities and building relationships over time so that we can put people on a path to building wealth. Clearly, building wealth is not something that's done overnight. Building trust is not done overnight. It's about being focused on a couple of key indicators of progress and measuring that over time. One of the ways that we're really seeking to measure the progress is through those indicators of trust. Are we building trust in communities that we serve? We already have a strong brand at J.P. Morgan, but to see in these communities where we've invested that we are seeing those trust metrics increase is really, really exciting. We're also looking at those indicators of access to banking services. Again, in the communities where we've located, those communities have been traditionally underserved around banking services. And to see our banking metrics increasing relative to communities where we haven't invested, it's been exciting to see those metrics move. As you know, we have a low-cost checking account, a secure checking account, and in our racial equity commitment, we indicated that we wanted to open a million checking accounts by 2025. We're well on our way in our community branches with that target. Being able to look at banking metrics and trust indicators, we're excited to see that we're making progress there. Well, so we look at access to banking all the time, and we talk about different populations, the unbanked, the underbanked populations. Can you talk about who generally falls into these categories and how we think about meeting their needs? For underbanked, it really is looking at those customers that are not being served in our traditional banking services. Fortunately, we have good information through our J.P. Morgan Institute and other economic indicators on those areas, those populations where they're not being served in the traditional banking system. But there's also unbanked customers that have no credit profile, their credit invisible, have never entered any of our traditional banking services. And just making sure that, A, we know the economic metrics in those communities where we've located and creating then a target to increase over time and ensure that we're serving those populations so it's a combination of looking at the local economic metrics, also looking at our own banking metrics and setting targets for progress that we'd like to make to ensure that we're bringing people into the banking system and then ensuring that they have the products and services that they need to reach their financial goals. So in the time you've been doing this job, can you tell us the people that you've reached, the scale of this impact? I'm really proud, Sam, that to date, we have had almost 350,000 attendees through our workshops, some almost 20,000 workshops. And let me just say that that's both through our in-person workshops, but also virtually as well. So we are thinking about, as we continue to expand our reach, how do we serve customers in person, virtually, and even looking at our digital roadmap as well? We just think it's super important that as we scale, we make our workshops more and more accessible. 
it is great to be able to do this in multiple channels and hopefully people will find the channel that works for them. You did mention Jen Peepsack. Jen is the co-head of our consumer and community banking, big business here. I'm wondering what her leadership has meant to you. What have you seen her do, particularly in the community development space that you find inspiring? So Jen is a force. Let me just say, Jen spends a lot of time in the field, visiting customers, meeting with our local teams. The thing that has been so helpful is that she's been such a champion of the work and she's bringing those stories to the market, but also bringing them back to our leadership and our operating committee and to Jamie. She's learned that our community efforts and the work of our community bankers is making a real difference, both in terms of business that we win, but also relationships that we're building in community. And no one can tell the story quite like Jen Peepsack that this work is making a difference. I love that. It really goes to the culture, I think, of our company, which is to really get proximate to clients, to be out in markets, to be local. We know things don't happen only in the big cities. They happen all over the world in local communities. So it's great to see people there. You know, I would be remiss if I didn't mention the power behind our consumer advancement around products and services. And that's my boss, Jen Roberts, who is also a huge advocate of the work that we're doing. I tell her that she is truly powering this work with the innovation that we're seeing around products and our digital footprint and the services that we offer the segment. She has really been a champion of ensuring that we have the right products and services to go along with all the financial education that we're doing in communities. We want to ensure that after we've spent time with them in workshops, they can take the next step with the right product or service. And Jen has been a big proponent of our advancement in that work. So I'd love to talk about both the programs and the places that we do all this. When you think about different programs or even just information that we want to bring either underbanked or unbanked populations, what are the things that you find are most effective right now? How can we best reach these populations? And is there an example of a customer who was able to achieve a certain need that they couldn't before working with us? First of all, we have an enormous advantage when you consider the distribution that we have. 4,800 branches across the country. As you know, the only bank to be located in all lower 48 states. And so our sheer footprint of branches is a great way for us to access populations. And what we found in those communities where we have community branches simply inviting them into our banking centers, whether they're customers or not. One of the things that has been particularly effective is to welcome non-customers into our branches to get information, to be able to participate in our financial health workshops at no cost to them and not requiring them to be a customer. We also work with local nonprofits in these communities. So in partnership with them, we're able to create programming that customers can access, our communities can access either at their nonprofit location or in our branches. So it's been particularly effective to bring information, the workshops to them, as well as invite them into our centers. 
That is great. I think that really helps get to the trust factor that you were talking about too. We will go to the partnerships where those populations are to the other trusted partners they work with. So you mentioned our branches, our extensive footprint of branches, and we have different kinds of branches now. We have more community-centered branches that might look and feel a little different from other branches. Can you tell us about this model, where they are, these branches, and why we felt it was so important to expand branches in that way? We made a commitment during our market expansion, our focus on expanding branches, that we would commit to 25% of our branches be located in our low to moderate income communities. What has been great about this approach is we've really partnered with our other lines of business, corporate responsibility, philanthropy, to understand where are those areas where we should be located, where we're bringing the full force of the firm together. So where we have made philanthropic grants and programs along with the location of our branches to ensure that we can do all that we can in a particular area to lift those economies. And in those community branch locations, we have dedicated space for our programming, soft seating, conference rooms, where we can do workshops right there in the branch. We also hire local artists for artwork for the branches and oftentimes employ local contractors to do the work. The goal is for that community branch to truly represent the community they're located in. Each of these branches also have a dedicated community manager and oftentimes also have a dedicated business consultant to work with small businesses and coach the businesses in that area, and then a community home lending advisor to help people on their pathway to home ownership. I think this has been such a wonderful model for our team, for Women on the Move to partner with. We've done many things in our community centers. Harlem, New York branch is just a wonderful state for us. So we're very excited to always be there with you and your team around the country. So I'm wondering, tell us about what you're most proud of in terms of the community and business development group. What has really been a special achievement for you, both on the professional side, but maybe even personally? First, let me just say, I am delighted that in two and a half years, we really have become a part of the framework of our business. I tell my team all the time, we're knitted and weaved into the full tapestry of who we are as a firm. And I think that is important when you think about the longevity of the work, when you think about this being a part of the way we do business, it has to really function as a part of our business model. I'm really excited to see the progress we've made in working within all of our businesses and the way we show up in communities. The thing that I'm most proud of, and to be honest, we didn't expect to make the progress we've made in such a short period of time, and it's our brand health. We already have a really strong brand, Sam. We're number one in the country in terms of how customers feel about the J.P. Morgan brand. But to know that in just a short two and a half year time frame, we have exceeded the metrics in some of these communities that we weren't represented in before, where they can say Chase is a brand I trust 
that is really, really powerful and it gives us encouragement that we're on the right track as we continue to refine the model and iterate around products and services. For our listeners out there, I can say we all look at these brand metrics all the time. We really try to understand how we're reaching audiences, what they're feeling about the brand, where we have pockets, where we could do better. It's interesting just to hear from the inside, I think, that we look at these things, that they're meaningful to us, and they may or may not translate into a direct sale that we can measure. But we do look at them for their own good, for their own metrics, and really try to make a difference there. So thank you for sharing that. So Deidre, you're also, in addition to this job, the executive in our LA market who heads our diversity, inclusion, and equity. You play a lead role in bringing together people from across the business. Why is that important to you to do? And how does that weave into what you're already doing for the community? First of all, it's been a privilege to serve in this role alongside Jen Peepsack, our executive sponsor for Los Angeles. And let me just say, when I first arrived in California, now 11 years ago in Los Angeles, it was interesting to see that many of us had not yet become engaged in the community directly. And rightly so, folks were building their business, they were focused on infrastructure and standing up businesses, but there was a real opportunity for us to connect with those stakeholders in our community and be the face of J.P. Morgan Chase. I think about where we were 11 years ago and where we are today. Last year, Los Angeles became number one in market share. And so that was a huge accomplishment in a relatively short period of time. But along with that comes a responsibility. I like to say we should always be seeking to get to know our local area's assets and opportunities and be intimate with what those needs are so that we can create a plan, a local strategy to really improve outcomes. In Los Angeles, we have particular challenges around housing. We have challenges around homelessness here. And yet it is the number one county for small businesses. There's a true innovation economy here. Sitting in this role, I have an opportunity to really understand the unique needs of Los Angeles and then help our firm create the right strategy to do our part to really advance the economy here and ensure that we're helping solve local problems. It's also helpful in the maintaining of these local relationships to ensure that we're always listening and prepared to be a part of creating strategies that help advance the cause here. So Deidre, we talk a lot about personal finances on this podcast. We try to educate our audience around matters of financial health. So I'm wondering if you have a personal story or some sort of advice that you were given that you think will make a difference to the audience in terms of how they can better their financial health. What can they do that can be simple but really effective? I feel strongly, Sam, that good money habits are important at any age. The one tip that I would give is to create a plan. It's never too late to start and ensure that you have a plan. I can just tell you personally, it was really important to me when my kids were born that I had a really good plan around saving for their education for the future. I started really, really small, the direct saving, doing the monthly savings plan, and that graduated to a 529 plan. 
And I can just say, looking back at the time, to be able to set that plan in place and be able to kind of set it and forget it and ensure that I'm making progress. Of course, that time goes by really, really quickly. I now have two kids in college at the same time. And I can just say I'm so excited that I started that way back when. It's never too late. In this work, I get an opportunity to talk to folks that say, man, I wish I would have started a long time ago. I encourage them, and my team does as well, that it's never too late to start, to create a plan, start small. Any amount that you're putting away will make a difference, and to just stay focused on those habits and stay disciplined. Great. Well, thank you so much for that. So another question we ask our guests this year is around ambition. Do you consider yourself ambitious? And if so, what are you ambitious to do? What are you ambitious for? I think I'm ambitious, Sam. My ambition is around creating outcomes for communities we haven't served as well in the past. You know, I've run businesses my whole career. And this focus on improving the lives of our communities has always been a second job. It's always been a part of the work that I've done. But to have an opportunity today to create a sustainable business model around serving communities, I'm ambitious about that. I feel that the work that we've done as a firm over time, we've learned the things that work, the things that don't work. We really are on our way to making this a sustained way that we do business. So to have a chance to impact that before my career is over is an exciting opportunity. So Deidre, you are definitely our resident celebrity now. You recently appeared on the Drew Barrymore show. Wow. Tell us about that. What were you there to talk about and how was that experience? Well, first of all, let me just say, Drew is amazing, and so is her entire team. It was such a cool experience to be on her show and talk about good financial habits. We focused on kids and how to educate kids at any stage. But the thing I think I appreciate the most is, once again, Drew and her team were mission aligned. Their focus is ensuring that that show is accessible to everyone. And just like we want to be the bank for all, they want to have a show for everyone. So it was just really a lot of fun to work with her and her team and talk about just good financial habits. I love that. We will all have to go check out that segment. Thank you. So where can listeners find more information about the things we talked about today, about our branches or just about the programming that we do? Yes. So they can go to chase.com slash community team. And there they'll get a chance to see how our community branches are structured and learn about where our community managers are located. And also jpmorganchase.com slash racial equity. They can get the latest information on where we are with our racial equity commitment and all of the work that we're doing as a firm. Well, Deidre, it's such a pleasure to speak with you and to work with you. So thank you for everything that you do and for coming in and speaking with us today. Thank you. It was my pleasure. Thanks so much, Sam. Thank you for listening to this conversation with Deirdre. Her unwavering dedication to serving historically underserved communities is truly inspiring. If you'd like more information on our community resources, please visit chase.com slash community team. 
I'm so grateful to work with extraordinary leaders like Deirdre, and I look forward to seeing their continued progress. The mission of Women on the Move is to help women in their professional and personal lives. Our goal is to introduce you to people with great ideas, inspiring stories, and a passion to make a difference. To learn more about Women on the Move and listen to the full library of this podcast, please visit jpmorganchase.com WOTM. For JPMorgan Chase's Women on the Move, I'm Sam Saperstein. JPMorgan Chase Bank, N.A., member FDIC.